No, episode 22 of Utah in the Weeds. This is a good, this is going to be an exciting episode. We're going to, we got Jack on this episode. He is a patient. Uh, we're, he's, he's a younger patient. So we're going to get into that. Yeah, and I don't want to, I don't want to give too much here, but I want to do a little bit of, uh, cannabis news up top usually we'll do them yes. at the end of the podcast but i kind of want to switch it up just to kind of shake yeah, it up I a think little it's bit a good idea because you have a big announcement uh well this is a big announcement because it caught me off guard i saw it in one of the facebook groups just yesterday posting about the provo pharmacy desert wellness is opening up on friday the 21st yeah so by the time you listen to this it'll, it'll, be, be, it'll be open it'll be open and uh, I don't know the address or any of the website information. I should have had that prepared to uh, mention on here. But but just do a search for them like on Instagram or, or Google them. And I'm sure the address will be right there. Right. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to oh, add yeah, yeah, to yeah. this announcement um, of the pharmacy opening that if you have a letter, if you're a brand new patient and you haven't been anywhere, you can go down to Desert Wellness and register your letter at that pharmacy. But if you have a letter and you've registered it already with Dragonfly or with Perfect Earth and you don't have a Department of Health medical cannabis card, you need to convert your letter to a card before you go to Desert Wellness. I know Wholesome up in Bountiful has been trying to get people help converting some letters to cards so you can access more than one pharmacy, um, but it's it's a pretty big... Actually, we we talked to the legislature, we talked to um, the Department of Health, and we think there are many thousands of letters that need to get converted to a card. So you can go to utahmarijuana.org, as a matter of fact. We have a letter-to-card program that we're launching towards the end of the week, the beginning of next week, a letter-to-card conversion program at utahmarijuana.org. Basically, we will help any patient in the state navigate the process from for that conversion and we'll reach out to your QMP actually and educate them and help them get get you through the system if you're a patient. Um there'll be more about that next episode. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. But and it's interesting you brought that up because this is a perfect segue to bring Jack into this because see okay so Jack has a letter but he doesn't have a card. Because oh, he's, so because Jack he, is in a, a even a more interesting spot. Because he's how under, old are you, Jack? He, I'm 19. Yeah. So Jack's 19. So his so you are you can't get a card, right? No, unless I go unless you the go process. to the process. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what you know. Okay, Jack. Let's just back up. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so much there's to a, unpack. There's a, here. there's a lot to unpack. Here. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. Tell us a little bit about you. So I'm 19. I'm from Salt Lake City, and I use cannabis for mostly back pain. And in the morning, also, I'll have like nausea too that it helps me get over and like get the day started and everything. You got your medical card in California, correct? Yes. And like, how long ago was this? Like, when, when did, well, let's, let's even back up. When did you first get introduced to cannabis? Like, how old were you? How long ago was this? Um, I've always been into it. Like, being in California, it's always been there. You know, you'd go around, like, walking around, you could smell it everywhere. Sure. Like, just being from the Bay. And, like, I've seen, like, these videos on Facebook and everything of, like, these kids having seizures or whatever, and they're giving cannabis to help them. And it, like, stops within minutes or whatever. And, like, that really interested me to get into it and everything and, like, realize the medical side of it. How old were you at pro- approximately at that time, did you? I was about 17, about to turn 18 when I saw those videos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then when did you move here? Here, I moved here when I was, like... 
17, almost 18, yeah. And in California, what are the rules? Like, how was it to get your card in California? Um, In California, that's it's pretty crazy because you don't have to go to, like, a QMP or whatever. You can do everything online. Sure. And, like, you can show them, like, your... um. Like your qualifying like your condition, condition, you know, and yeah. they'll qualify it online. They're just a lot more relaxed there. Yeah. Right. The rules are pretty relaxed. And and then you just register to get your card there. So tell us a little bit about the process that you've gone through so far in Utah. So in Utah, I've gone through the process of seeing a QMP and getting just my letter. And I haven't got like my full actual card yet because I have to go through the process of the Compassionate Use Board. And those are has your difficult. Has your QMP talked to you at all about the Compassionate Use they Board not, or I'll, any of that? I will talk to them about that. So from a standpoint of, and I, and I know a little bit about this, and I'll, we can talk about this too. As far as your condition and your, your history, the Compassionate Use Board here, so that uh, the listeners know, they, it's seven physicians that have been picked um, in different ways. Some of them have been... It's my understanding that some of them are advocates and very helpful and very pro-cannabis, and there's some that are not um, pretty strict. So because you're 19, Utah law only allows people that are 21 and older to just go straight to get a card, but anybody under that has to get the Compassionate Use Board. So, Do you know why they made it 21 in like other states, again, like California at 18 for medical? Why didn't they push for more 18 here in Utah? That's a... I mean, that's a good question. It brings up the, I only can speak to what I know from the research with 18 to 21 year olds and why I would argue one way or the other. I I don't know what the legislature was thinking at the time or like the medical association, but I know, you know, the frontal lobe isn't developed until we're 21, 25, 27 years old. The, The brain is still developing and we know, well, there has been some research on heavy cannabis use in teenagers and how that that can lead to what they call problem cannabis use, which is a diagnosis in the in the diagnosis manual. Wait, med- there, there's a real student. diagnosis called, yeah, called prob- problem cannabis use. Wow! And so there's this. There's, <laughs> yeah, right. I learned something. New I mean, there's going to be there's going to be people who believe that there that does not a thing, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> cannabis use being a problem, but that comes from people using so much. Um, that it becomes a problem, right? That they have withdrawal symptoms, physical and and mental withdrawal symptoms. So between 18 and 21, you're still in that. uh, We don't know enough about the brain development to want to recommend it to just say everybody 18 and older can have it. I can go That's down so medical many. I, I can go down so many rabbit holes here, Tim. I don't oh. want to even get into like political stuff here. Like, see, but then maybe you should. Well, you know no, I mean, I mean the whole okay, point. okay. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, you could go serve your country, right? You can go, you can right, go you can sign go to up. War. To be, you can go to war. Yeah, you can go to war and die. Can't, you can't right. smoke. Can't smoke. <laughs> no, any. it is. It is pretty sad. I mean, when you found out, like when you when you went to your QMP, did you know that you wouldn't? Like that it was 21 and over or did they have to tell you that when you went so in for- I knew letter? that it was 21 and over and then I had to go in front of the compassionate use board and everything. Uh-huh. And I was like willing to do that. But you just haven't done it yet. I just haven't done it yet. I right. don't really like know the process too well. Okay. So I have to get more educated on that. Okay. Okay. Got it. So tell us a little bit about your back pain. Like what, um, wh- what's the dosing structure? Like what, it, what makes you feel better? So I wake up in the mornings and I'll feel like pretty nauseous and everything. And this started 
like years ago, like when, when my back pain started happening too. So I went to the, um, the orthopedic doctor and they took an x-ray and everything. And they said, I have like uh 17 or 18% uh, scoliosis in my back. So that's what's causing the back pain and everything. So after work and every day, it just hurts pretty much. Mm-hmm. And will they let you into the pharmacies to purchase flour? Yeah, I've been to Perfect Earth. That's where I'm. Okay, registered. so you've been to Perfect Earth, and they've and and you you're able to with the letter go in and purchase product because you bring up an interesting point about the letter and the cards. Yeah. Right. Because for a card, I know because we have so we have six patients that are under 21 or have conditions that are not allowed. We have six patients that are going to the Compassionate Use Board this month. And we've been preparing those applications and the petitions over the past couple of weeks, um, the providers. Now you feel, you do that, not the patient then, huh? Correct. So what, and and we can talk about this now, like the, the Compassionate Use Board requires us to fill out a petition for you. And you um, provide more documentation and more, more of the background, right? So our process is we have a, we have a form the patient fills out, right? You can hand us your medical records, which you have, right? You've got the x-ray and probably the note from maybe your orthopedic doc who was, who talked about the scoliosis. And then we supply, we put that in the state system. And then the, uh, the QMP writes a little note that says, Hey, we think cannabis is reasonable in this patient because, I mean, would anybody want to put Jack on opioids, right? Like that doesn't well, not seem a, like not at this age. Yeah, not at this age. <laughs> right. So, okay. Now, Jack, you brought up an interesting point. I can't give you cannabis, but I could write you a prescription for Percocet being 19. I would never. So what, what do you think about that? Like that goes back to our point about 18 like I can write any prescription for Percocet to any age, but I can't write I can't write your recommendation straight off the bat for cannabis. So you could write Percocet to a twelve year old. Essentially, Te- I mean, granted, technically. technically, yeah, I mean, and we do after surgery. You know, kids need uh, yeah, kids need sure, strong sure. too. But mom, just for the point. mom and dad got to go have to go fill it. Mm-hmm. But for you, you're nineteen. You're over. You're an adult. You can go fill your own prescriptions, and so I can. We would write you for. Percocets. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. That's just the it's, way it's it what is. it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Now, what do your parents think of this, man? Like, like let's talk. We haven't really gotten your parents involved yeah, sure. in all this because every I know it took a while to talk my mom into it, right? Like, and I don't know what your parents are. like. I mean, to I grew him, up. But, yeah, I mean, I love my mom, and uh, my I think you know I think she'd be okay with me. Okay, uh, you know, saying she's a patient. We'll double check, but. At 19 years old. When I was 19, my mom would have kicked my ass. Exactly. So, okay. <laughs> so, so tell me how your, your parents' relationship and when they found out with cannabis, if you want to share a little bit about that. So it was in high school and my dad, he was like, he was from California and he's always been into it as well. And he's had his California medical card. Okay. So um, basically he took me out to eat and he told me like, it's okay. Like it's not... Like he told me basically it's not going to kill you. And like no one's ever like died from it. Like, like it's not something that bad. So he's okay with it. But it was more of talking my mom into it. And she was pretty hard to talk into it still to this day. 
but she's realizing more and more like I keep sending her videos about it and like talking to her about it once in a while. Does she is she in California too? No, they're both here now. Oh, they're they're both yeah. here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And even though in California, gosh, because it would seem like everybody I talk to in California, it's almost like they're so used to it. It's almost like yeah, a, I mean, like a tobacco 20, cigarette, right? Yeah. Twenty four yeah. years in our future. So right it's 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 interesting the fact that your mom was still from California, but she was sure. still having a hard time. Oh, she's actually from here. Oh, she's from oh, here, she? but she yeah. lived in California. Okay, okay, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, and and your parents are going to actually end up getting involved in this process too because. Anybody under 21 has to have a guardian card. Yeah. So your parents have to, the, 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 the parent or guardian has to apply, do a background check, and be issued a card in order for anybody under 21 to get their, to get their card. Because then technically, would they be the ones who are going to the pharmacy to pick up the medicine? Yeah, then? I think... I think they may they may need to that I can't answer. Do- I, yeah, from what I've heard is that the after uh, once twenty twenty start or twenty twenty one starts, oh. I've heard that if you have a minor with the card, their patient or their parents still has to go in for them. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was hoping to even learn a few things myself. Because I I have a friend of a friend that has a, a younger child that yeah. that they were thinking of you know okay this would be good and that's kind of what I was hoping maybe even you know okay through some of these episodes maybe tonight maybe another time you know I can go back with some information for them because a lot of people don't even know where to start right and oh and it's as like, far as the kid like is anybody it a, under 21 well yeah. under 21 but then not even only that but under 18 because oh yeah the moment, and then, so we've done this too we've yeah. done some under 18s well, yeah, through we, the compassionate use board is that Th- that's a different animal though. Like, yeah. I mean, now you're dealing with the QMP, whether the QMP is comfortable with that. Because that, I mean, eight, under 18 again, you could. Yeah, under 18 have, is pretty significant. have a lot of uh, serious things. You Anyways, know, we yeah. just don't study. It's the same thing with pregnant pregnancy, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to get a bunch of pregnant people, pregnant women together and say, hey, we want to give you, you know, some of you cannabis and some of you a placebo and see what happens to the baby. That Nobody's going to want to be in that yeah. study. And the same with kids. We don't want to. We don't want to study teenage teenagers who use cannabis because if it is, if it does cause harm in high doses or whatever it does, we don't want to be a part of that in medicine. So, I, th- I can't. I definitely think there are side effects from prescription medications that are worse than the side effects and potential risks of cannabis. That I would say. So that's why I support certain, we support certain people, certain patients, you know, helping them get through the compassionate use board seizures, especially with, with, um, and there's a lot of pain, who cancer, pain and nausea. Who would you go to for the compassionate use board then? Like for listeners, since we're talking about that, like who would they contact your, their QMP? Yeah, basically your QMP. So if you're under 21 and you have a letter, then you need to contact your QMP and or you can again you can contact us but you contact your QMP and you start that process because the QMP has to do a petition so they'll it's know a lot how to of work. do it they'll know how to do it then. oh that's no guarantee no <laughs> right like i mean i don't know who your QMP is jack but do you feel like QMPs in general and you don't have to you don't necessarily have to say anything bad about your QMP either yeah. but do you feel like QMPs understand the process to be honest not all of them yeah. because I'll give an example. Like when I went to get mine, I'll just say I went to Empathetics and 
the QMP came out and he was with another patient and he walked out and he was talking to the front desk people and he was asking them about like the laws about smoking in public and everything. And I could have answered that question real quick, but he didn't really know it. And then like, he even asked me about like my age and everything. And he didn't really understand about like the compassionate use sport or whatever either. Got it. So. That's frustrating, man, that like these people are going to QMPs, paying top dollar to go see them, and then they don't even know the answers. Right. Which is, this is a crazy, this is going to be a crazy episode because like there's so much going on here. You, Jack, you're, you're bringing up a lot of parts of the program that I think we should talk about and that should probably be out in the open. And one of them is the under 21, you know, it's, I think your condition is totally legit and I'm, and I'm not disagreeing with the QMP's decision to issue you a letter. But I think the, what I'm, what I hear honestly is there's a lack of understanding with QMPs in the state, which we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get that under control a little better. Yeah. Um, at least I am in a big way and, and Chris too, through this podcast, I think that perfect earth has, you know, having you go in there with a letter and not a card, I think that's going to, I don't know how that is. I don't know whether that's allowed to be honest, because when you have a, when we get to January, we know it's not allowed. Yeah. You're going to have to have that guardian. You know, when you talk about another big uh, clinic operation, Empathetics, now Empathetics is just uh, kind of partnered with utahmarijuana.org to provide all of their QMPs that education that they were missing maybe before and all of this customer service like patient education. Yeah. So somebody like you can come to us essentially, mm-hmm. right? You, which you're probably going to, and we're going to help you navigate that process. Um, so I'm actually really glad you're on and I'm glad you're, I, I really am glad we're talking about this because. So this are you working with him? How do you say empathetics? Is that- empathetics. Yeah. So empathetics sees a lot of patients. They have a lot of clinics around uh-huh. and Shane Erickson and I have known him since the program started and he's been very involved. He's a really involved in the addictions part of uh, the, the cannabis space sure. and helping people with PTSD a lot. And they were having, they see so many people, they were having a little bit of trouble getting their patients through the EVS system. There was a lot yeah. of hiccup with that. The 90 day renewals are coming up and, you know, they want to provide for their patients what we provide uh, at utahmarijuana.org is, and basically that's just, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm plugging myself on this episode a lot, but the program that Katie has developed um, with with us is really going to help thousands of people. And so Empathetics really wanted to be a part of that, uh-huh. and we wanted to help all of their patients. I so we've, we've partnered up in that respect, right? So it's good. That's a good thing then. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good thing for people like Jack. And that's why you mm-hmm. said to even Jack, you're like, well, you're probably going to be coming over and having us help you right? anyways. Yeah, with the because, system. you know, I know now I know of the situation and I already know that we have a few patients that are in that in that pathway now because we're involved. So I think that that's going to be a good deal. Nice. Huh. Can't wait. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's crazy. So, okay, back to your oh, yeah, point yeah, about yeah. the under 18. Yeah, okay. So under 18 is a little different. They, they they still have the same process as Jack does, 
with the compassionate use board. But I, I would say medically, you've really got to know that you want to use THC in somebody under 18, right? Like you need to know what you're doing. You, you can't just take your kids anywhere when you talk about that. You know, I, I would say if you want to talk about cannabis and you have somebody under 18, then you need to be seeing somebody like Dr. Anden in Ogden. You need to be seeing somebody like Ryan Creek, who works with us, Sierra Burt, who works with us, you know, somebody who really understands the dosing and and the compassionate use board, can gather up the records, can talk to the primary care providers, because that's going to be a big team effort for somebody who's under 18, in my opinion. Does the QMP go with the patient to the compassionate use board, or does no. the patient go by themselves? No, so... We, it, everything is by paper. You oh, just okay. fill out the forms and, and do all the records and then submit your argument. And we don't know what those, um, okay. Those I, vi- I visualize like. like a, like a courtroom setting right? or something. Like, like you got to go to court. Jack, That's what I thought gotta, of at first too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm visualizing. Stand like, in front of the compassionate All right, all right Jack, make sure you wear your best tie, buddy. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's a big day. So Jack, how do you consume mostly? Mostly smoking? Yeah. And well, not smoking now, vaping, vaping mm-hmm. flower, right? You were having to buy it on the black market until now. Until now, yeah. Did you do you feel like there's other methods that are better or worse, or do you feel like you've tried you've tried different things and you've kind of focused on what what works? I've pretty much focused on concentrates and like vaping concentrates and everything. Okay, but like not in the cart form. Explain a little bit about concentrates to to the listeners of the podcast because. Concentrates is like a big, like it's a big silo, a big group of products, isn't it? Yeah. You so, gotta remember, um, some people don't even know how to just light a pipe, you know, <laughs> right? Or, like, or load or a bong. The, no, or like when we say flower, we mean like weed, bud, yeah, marijuana, yeah, yeah. you know. So okay. concentrates um, is made from bud, like live resin can be made from frozen. You take the fresh plant and then you freeze it, and then you press it, and then it creates live resin which compresses into like, um, it's pretty much a light colored oil. It's kind of like a butter color. And then you either vape that and then, yeah. What would be the reason? Just higher, higher THC? Yeah, it's higher THC normally. Like the flower usually comes in, what, 20%. And then the concentrates are anywhere from like 60, 70, almost 80% sometimes. But you got to make your own though. Uh, no, there's people that uh, do it. Like okay. at the dispensaries. I know Wholesome has some. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Wholesome had some hash That's right. resin. That's right. Um, that was some concentrates. See, they and I've never used years. it. I've never used any of that stuff before. You know, primarily it's, it, it seems like you, you build up a little bit of a tolerance to some flour and the, the coughing and the plant material. People don't like that. So they move to the the resins and the waxes and shatters and stuff. But it's there's a lot less smell to it, isn't there? Yeah. There's so, a lot so, less. so you don't cough with a resin then either? Uh, no, I think that the plant material, there's less plant material, so it's not as irritating to the lungs. Yeah, it's more clean. Now, isn't coughing kind of a good thing though? Because it opens up your lungs and kind of opens yeah, it up. Yeah, I think, and if you're smoking flour, then coughing is probably helpful. Yeah. But I just think, I mean, yeah. people just don't like it. Sure, sure. And I think people don't like the smell. Some people don't like the smell and they, they like that. Oh, I, um, love, I love the smell. Do you? Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah, no, I think it's the best thing ever. I know right. it's 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 potent, and I mean it you don't you don't you don't want all your neighbors to smell it, and you don't want everyone yeah, coming to your house to smell. Yeah, but if you like to smell, smell it. then no big deal. Well, right, like I mean, some of them 
what was the other day? I smelled something that smelled like lemon armpit, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but then, you know, that's a pretty decent, you know, it was a decent smell for, for cannabis. So do you have, so Jack, do you have favorite, do you, you still use flour though? Because it's probably hard to come by enough, um, concentrates legally, Mm -hmm. especially right in Utah where wholesome was the only people that had it. Flower wise, do you tend to use indica or sativa more? Do you find that some things make you more relaxed? Uh, mostly I use indica because of the pain and everything. And then sometimes like to get up or like get a little more motivation or whatever, like to get through the day or the pain, I'll use a little sativa if I have some. But my favorite right now is definitely Ultimate Hash from uh, Perfect Earth. The Ultimate Hash, of mm-hmm. the flower. Yeah, the flower. Yeah. Do you have a dryer vaporizer? Oh, I do. I have a PAX 3. Have you tried other types? Other types of um, dryer vaporizers? I have not, really. Did you try the PAX? Like, did you have to get it when you were here? Yeah, I got it here. Because you were primarily just smoking in California mm-hmm. when you got here. Okay, that I mean, that kind of makes sense. The, with other patients that you know, other people who use cannabis, what's the smoking, like, what's the word on smoking? Does everybody just hate that? Hate that you can't legally use a flame? A lot of people don't know. Yeah, a lot of people don't know and a lot of people do hate it. I see a lot of people still using an open flame and a lot of people like actually vaporizing it. Yeah. And I don't think this matters at all, but do you prefer vaporizing the flower or smoking the flower? I prefer smoking, but I know vaporizing has its like benefits and everything. It's cleaner. Yeah, it's cleaner. I mean, See, it'll and, keep and you I, from keep you from getting, I think, lung damage. And, and, and I would have yeah. said the same thing until I got a volcano. But oh, like using yeah. a volcano is like an amazing way to. That's vaporize. like a big commitment, though. Yeah. Right. I mean, in cost for sure. Yeah. But that's a huge turkey bag full of full of vape. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I mean, it's it that question, you know, because I oh I, the smoking I, versus yeah, vaporizing. I, I would much rather like get a bong or something like that yeah. and use a flame and yeah i mean i think everybody like if we're being honest right i, th- I think that we should be <laughs> you know i mean there's something to a bong there's something different to a yeah. joint there's something different to a glass pipe right there's obviously there's you can go down the line right from a from a tin can to an apple core to a you know, a corn cob pipe. <laughs> and people, people have been doing it that way for so long. It's like someone comes in and stops them. What are they going to do? Right. So, yeah. It doesn't make sense probably for a lot of people to switch over to something. It was, I mean, when we say vape, everybody just assumes, oh no, vaping's bad. Mm-hmm. It was it was probably like a week or... I, are you in any of the Facebook groups? I'm uh, not. I actually yeah. don't even have Facebook. Oh, you smart guy. Smart yeah. guy. So I forgot which Facebook group it was. It was one of the Utah ones, but somebody posted a picture, like they found a can that somebody smoked in, you know, like how they kind of dented it down, poked a little hole. And and it's just funny the amount of people that are like, what? I've never done that. You know, right. you know, it's like that was the way you did it back in the day that with an apple or, yeah, or I mean, a tin can or, tin can or a, or a hot dog or anything you, I mean, like anything you can find. <laughs> exactly. So it'll all work. So what what would you tell somebody, Jack, who might be listening to this because they haven't tried cannabis yet as a medicine, as as a, as, a, as somebody who's who's using it currently to help pain? Mm-hmm. What would, would you what would you what what kind of advice or suggestions? Maybe they're a little scared or they're unsure yet. 
what would you? Tell I would me? mainly say it's definitely better than taking opiates in the long run, and that you really can't overdose on it if you do happen to take or like smoke or vaporize whatever too much. I believe that. I mean, it's a plant. It was put here on Earth for a reason. It's not here to harm you, really. Anything else you want to ask Jack? Why we got him here today? Or, or, or no, anything? thanks, Jack. For yeah, down. I mean, it's I appreciate it. Thank it's, you, guys. It's been it's been you know it's always good to learn different stories and and different takes on things because some Absolutely. of us don't realize. I, I mean, I genuinely feel bad for you, man. That you're yeah. you're you're kind of held back just because of your age. You know, it's kind of yeah. stupid if you ask me, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that people will learn a lot about the where the program's at with this episode. Like, you know, some of what some of what patients have to deal with, you know, to get through the system altogether. And I think it, that's important. It's an important piece of this puzzle to talk to people like you. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Chris. How is everything going with Utah Therapeutic, Tim? Why we get this wrapped up kind of? Sheesh. I mean, we're we're really busy, but that's okay. I mean, we have. We see people every day. We have open appointments every day. We've got, yeah. we, we open in Ogden on the 1st of September. We're already in Kaysville at uh, Wellness Underground for, for clinic space. We're here. UtahMarijuana.org has got this letter to card thing coming. Utah in the weeds. We're going to do more education next, starting uh, in the next couple of weeks. I love it. Yeah. I mean, if there's a, getting stickers out there, magnets out there, man. Stickers gonna, and you know, magnets. Get some T-shirts, hopefully soon. We're like official. We're an official company, Utah in the Weeds. We should get some Utah in the Weeds shirts for back oh. to school. You know, with kids. Going. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Show up. <laughs> I try to get my kids to put the put the stickers on their water bottles, and they're like, "Dad, I don't want to get kicked out of school." <laughs> Did you really? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> well, that's what that's what my daughter said. Yeah, she can, she can't. Yeah. It's just, and I, I don't know. I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and then you can find all my, uh, podcast stuff. I am saltlake.com is my other podcast. I do, um, I am saltlake.com. There's almost 450 episodes. The 28th, you want to hear something cool, Tim? Yes. August 28th, 2012, I posted the first episode of I am Salt Lake. So I've been podcasting for eight years now. And you are dang near, and you're going to hit, 500 episodes in the next few months. Yeah. On, right? uh, on I Am Salt Lake. Yeah. You're at 450 so, now. 450. And oh, then wow. we've done 22 of this. I've been in, I've probably done 200 of other podcasts I've done. I've done a few podcasts in my day, but uh, anyway, wow, let's let Jack get out of here. We're okay. here every week. Make sure to uh, subscribe in whatever podcast player you're listening to this in. Leave us a review in uh, Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. That's a great way to keep in touch with us. What's a good email for you, uh, uh, email for me can be um, Tim at UtahMarijuana.org Okay, okay And then Chris at IamSaltLake.com I need to set up Utah in the Weeds email addresses is Yeah, what I need to do. we but, can do it But let's get in touch uh, If you want to come on the show If you want to come on the show Like Jack did as a patient Or uh, if you have a pharmacy Or if you're a bud tender Or a pharmacist at a, at a local dispensary Or any involvement I know there's going to be some delivery services soon. You know, I'd like to oh, get yeah, some the home, on the podcast. The home delivery but, uh, and all kinds yeah. of stuff here in the local Utah cannabis market. So perfect. Anything else you want to add, Jack? No, it was good to be here. Thanks Thank for you. thanks for coming, man. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. So. Stay safe out there. Awesome.